From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. From project manager to director of supply chain operations, Chad Rempe has worn a number of hats for Krauss Anderson during his 20 plus years with the Minneapolis-based construction company. Rempe recently took on an additional role, manager of Krauss Anderson's pre-construction design services, a newly created position. In his new role, Rempe works closely with the pre-construction department's technical teams and helps establish the, quote, front-end vision, budget, and goals, end quote, for clients, according to the company. Rempe joined Krauss Anderson in 1999 as an assistant project manager. As a project manager, he went on to oversee notable projects, such as the Black Bear Casino Resort and Hotel, One Southdale Place, and various jobs for the Metropolitan Airports Commission. A lead accredited professional, Rempe also served as project manager for the Krauss Anderson Block Development in downtown Minneapolis, which includes the company's 100,000 square foot headquarters, a hotel, an apartment complex, and a microbrewery. In the following interview, Rempe talks about the importance of pre-construction services in the COVID-19 era and reflects on his career in construction. Thanks for joining me today, Chad. I really appreciate it. Yeah, nice to meet you, Brian, and thanks for having me. Yeah, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your your new role with Krauss Anderson. It sounds like this is a newly created position. Um, Is that correct? Yeah, so... um, yeah, new, newly created position. However, I'm not new to the company. Um, I started my career there uh, 21 years ago already. Uh, time's gone fast and um, have worked on a lot of, uh, you know, complex, large projects over my career. Um, most recently as the project director on the KA Block development uh, between Fifth Avenue and Portland and uh, 8th and 9th Street. Um, that was completed in 2018. And, you know, I think this position has really been um, the evolution of our pre-construction group uh, that started as one person in 2012 and has since evolved to a team of 20 uh, pre-construction professionals in the areas of um, building information management in in, uh, virtual design and construction, uh, we have folks in uh, the ME, uh, mechanical, we have a lot of acronyms, so bear with me, um, in the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing uh, field, um, estimating, of course, and uh, as well as building sciences and uh, lean uh, process improvement. So, you know, what started as one individual um, has since grown, and that's really been in response to our clients' needs. And this is no different. This role is uh, tailored to uh, add value to our projects, our clients, uh, and our partners. Um, so, so. so I guess, yeah, just to back up a little bit, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, 
what what you mean when you talk about pre-construction services, what some of that entails, and um, why that's important. Yeah, sure. So I kind of like to explain it like, you know, when you get something and there's some assembly required, um, you're looking for instructions to tell you how to how to go about assembling it, right? And, and so I kind of liken the pre-construction group to that team of professionals that really design the planning of the execution of the assembly or in this case, the construction. And, you know, that's, that's the time where, um, and it's again, one of the reasons we've invested so much time and resources into that group is, you know, the more time spent there understanding um, what our project, you know, what our clients needs are and how to best address them, um, the better we can impact the design and the overall outcome of, uh, of the project. Mm-hmm. Really that phase kind of before, certainly before we build, but even, uh, you know, even before we design, quite honestly, is where we feel if we can partner with our design uh, professionals as well as our clients at that very inception of a project, um, that's where we're going to uh, be able to deliver the most value. Yeah, and how does that tie in with how closely do you work with the design team on this? And is it sort of, uh, I guess, similar to design build in some ways? Yeah, in a lot of respects it is. It's, it's um, I would say, uh, you know, in practice, you know, very similar to design build. It just so happens that the, the you know, we don't have on-staff design uh, professionals. Uh, so we're partnering with uh, architectural firms, um, uh, within the area. Uh, and so, yeah, as a, as a practice, I would say, you know, design build and this, um, uh, position are very well aligned. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about the importance of this now, uh, the importance of pre-construction services in our current environment with COVID. Um, I, I understand it's more important than ever now to um, get to get a handle on this, uh, you know, in the current environment we're in with the supply chain issues and so on. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're, you're, you're right. Um, you know, I think uh, as supply chains around the world were disrupted by the ongoing pandemic, um, it created quite a shock. And, uh, you know, I think fortunately, uh, a lot of supply chains, including construction, have adapted and recovered just by virtue of necessity, um, which isn't to say there aren't still disruptions. And, you know, that is one of the items in my role um, that, uh, you know, we're very, um, we're, we're very intentional and strategic about how we go about sourcing and uh, procuring, uh, you know, the parts and pieces and services that go into uh, the build and, and now so more, uh, more than ever. And so, you know, with these supply chain, I guess, vulnerabilities that have been exposed, um, just having a heightened sense of awareness and, you know, um, incorporating that into your planning is uh, a large part of, uh, what I do and try to help our teams with, um, to, uh, just to minimize risk. Mm-hmm. And how much of an impact has that had on some of the projects you've been working on here since COVID broke out, you know, talking about the supply chain challenges and so forth? Have you noticed a difference? Yeah, you know, we've, we've had some, I will say fortunately and, and somewhat surprisingly, um, 
it's uh, the impacts weren't um, they were they were kind of episodic. It wasn't epidemic, uh, but uh, kind of um, limited and one off. Uh, we didn't see any consistent you know theme across uh, an entire supply chain. Um, but it was kind of limited in scope project to project. So in that regard, it was, um, again, we're very fortunate and uh, we're able to um, you know, manage those various challenges on the individual projects uh, where, where we did have some, some challenges to overcome. Mm -hmm. Well, and you mentioned you've been with Carl Sanderson now since 1999. Um, what, can you talk a little bit more about some of the other roles you played uh, with Carl Sanderson and kind of how you got to this point? Yeah, sure. Be happy to. So, um, yeah, I started my career as an assistant project manager, um, actually working out at the Minneapolis St. Paul, Paul International Airport, um, working on some of the capital improvement projects. Um, and we still have a staff out there that uh, supports uh, the work that is uh, really never ending. Uh, and so, you know, that was a great start to my career with Carl Sanderson being exposed to, um, you know, complex site logistics and, and challenging builds in very active environments. Um, and then, you know, since then I had the opportunity to uh, work on um, a lot of hospitality and um, really just commercial projects of across varying sectors. Um, so, you know, I kind of joke sometimes I'm a little bit of a spotted dog and uh, just kind of makes me, um, I'm able to plug into a lot of different roles uh, and have been over time. So from an assistant project manager kind of evolved into a project manager um, and then ultimately uh, on our K block as a project director um, overseeing really a team of teams. So we had uh, individual teams managing the various aspects of that particular project. And my role was really just to oversee um, all aspects of the planning, design, and, and construction. And, uh, and that's kind of brought me to today. So it's really, you know, this role is kind of a culmination of uh, that experience. And um, the, the idea is that we will leverage that uh, to the benefit of our clients and partners. Yeah, you mentioned the, the, all the work on the KA block. That must have been a... a fun project to work on or uh, it's certainly challenging with all the different elements of it with some office, residential, hospitality. Um, can you reflect on that project a little bit and, and maybe even talk about the importance of pre-construction services on that particular effort? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the things that uh, I learned and knew before going into that project Project, but uh, was really reinforced by that experience is just the importance of effective communication really in all aspects of what we do. And to a large extent, that's what pre-construction is. It's, you know, getting the right information in the hands of the right people at the right time so that we can have a, you know, uh, uh, an execution that looks seamless. Um, it's not always, but uh, um, so you know, I think that's one of the things I reflect on and, and um, you know, the, the people that were involved um, got to uh, strengthen and create and develop new relationships and strengthen old ones with uh, colleagues and peers and different partners. 
Um, and then I think, you know, it really challenged at least myself and uh, others on the team just to continually be flexible uh, about how we plan and do our work. Um, you know, again, it was a tight downtown site. So ever changing, you know, logistics, just given that environment and uh, you know, the, the, the multi-phase multi-use projects um, we don't necessarily know everything that we're going to build going into the design. And even in some cases, as we start building. And so that really causes uh, the whole team to, um, just, you just have to be flexible kind of by necessity, uh, as a result. And, and, um, so I think those, those are the highlights that have kind of come out of that and that experience for me. Well, that's quite a transformation on that block. Of course, before I remember just the small, you had your office headquarters there and then a sea of asphalt basically. And so now right. it's really a vibrant, uh, hub downtown. So, um, Quite the change. Yeah, I miss it. Uh, I've been holed up in my kitchen working for the better part of the last, you know, as we all have, uh, yeah. you know, seven, eight months now and uh, miss being part of that kind of urban fabric. And, uh, but soon enough, we'll, we'll get back. Well, what else, what else specifically are you working on now? And, and can you talk a little bit about uh, any specific projects? Yeah, so there are a couple of mixed-use developments, uh, one in particular in downtown Minneapolis. I'm uh, not at the liberties to uh, disclose uh, any further detail other, other than that. Um, so uh, similar in nature to the KA block, just in scope and scale. And, um, and I think what, what's interesting since, you know, the election and um, some of the uh, encouraging news with uh, the vaccines that are being developed and hopefully soon to be, you know, distributed, um, seeing a lot more activity in uh, the marketplace and interest in, you know, those things that maybe um, in March, April slowed down or stopped altogether have now uh, maybe gained some new traction and new life. And so I think 2021 looks to be uh, a good year uh, for the, our industry as a whole and uh, and our company. Well, that that'll be great, and uh, the the passage of the bonding bill certainly helps too, as far as some of those public projects moving forward. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know critical as many industries as we can support in times like these. Um, it's just you know even more important than than, than ever. Great. Well, Chad, um, did you have anything else you wanted to cover before I let you go? No, that was it. I really, uh, really appreciate the time. And uh, it was nice to meet you and, and visit this afternoon. Well, nice to meet you as well. And uh, I hope we can stay in touch uh, as you're continuing your new role and work on exciting projects. So, Yeah, no, that would be great. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.